MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. This is the Tuesday, May 23rd edition of the show here. Happy to have you with me as we break down 15 games on the Major League Baseball card for Tuesday, all of them night games. So a little bit of lead time, at least for today's show. Not always the case. Won't be the case on Wednesday. Won't be the case on Thursday. But you know what? We do the best we can here to get this podcast out as quickly as possible. Credit to our podcast producer, Stephen Jung, as well as our social team for always giving me a quick turnaround here with this show. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on today's program talking about some live betting tips for Major League Baseball, but then spend the majority of the show on this Tuesday card. Only a couple of plays made the cut here for me today. Not in love with today's card, but there are several talking points that I wanted to discuss on today's show. So I'll do that in a couple of minutes here. But before I get to that, over at vcin.com, check out everything that we have to offer. I put up a couple of pieces yesterday on week zero and week one college football lines. Those are out over at DraftKings, highlighted all of the week zero games. And then in that week one update, wrote about the top five games in a little bit more detail, and then listed the lines for all of the other games. Yeah, I know it's pretty far away, but keep in mind, you know, if, if you're betting seriously or you want to bet seriously, these leagues come up very, very quickly. So the nice thing is you can kind of get into a bit of a rhythm with baseball, and then start doing some research in your downtime on football. We'll have our NFL and college football guides out this summer to be helpful resources for you as well. But as you get free time, if you get any free time, try to start looking a little bit at the football stuff. Some of the preseason guides are coming out. I picked up my copy of Athlon's College Football Guide this week. Uh, Going to have our NFL guide out here relatively soon. So, you know what? I mean, football drives the bus in this business. We all know that. 
if you're listening to the baseball show, you're obviously more of a baseball handicapper than most people out there because a lot of people just don't really do much with Major League Baseball. So football will be here quickly. And just giving you a heads up that you don't want to be caught too far behind the eight ball when that season, when those seasons, I should say, actually get going. So some college football content up at the website. We have a bunch of NFL content already out there as well. NBA and NHL playoffs keep rolling along all of our podcasts, wherever you get your podcast content, including VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Throw us a five-star review on this show. All of our shows will greatly appreciate it. If you believe in the content, promote the content, prop it up, because I will tell you there's a lot of bad betting content out there. So if you believe in what you're reading, believe in what you're listening to, do what you can to share it, promote it, prop it up, help it kind of stand out above the crowd with a lot of saturation here in the sports betting industry. All right, so let's talk about some live betting tips here really quickly because this was something that came up on Sunday when I did a guest appearance on The Handle with uh, Matt Brown and Dave Ross. And I just figured it was a good idea to talk about here on the show as well. Just some general tips, and I will admit I don't do a whole lot of live betting. Um, just doesn't really appeal to me, to be all that honest with you. I do think that there are some opportunities to do it, though. And if you have you know, some, some willpower, if you have some resolve, you can do it without going too far down a rabbit hole. But here are some things that I would look at in terms of looking for some live betting opportunities here. The first would be know the third time through the order penalty for the starting pitchers that are out there. And like everything else, you can go and look this up at fan graphs, go to the leaders pitching tab. Then you can kind of look through, you know, some of the guys that maybe struggle a little bit as they get deeper into games here. And you want to look for maybe guys that struggle in low and high leverage because you'll have higher leverage situations later in games than you will early in games. But as you're breaking down these pitchers going into a game, take a look at their times through the order splits. Nestor Cortez is a prime example. Nestor Cortez this year has been awful the third time through. Or yesterday, I mentioned it with Brady Singer. He's been bad the second time through the order. So there are some guys that struggle as they turn the lineups over, and that's something that you can use to your advantage from a live betting standpoint where maybe you don't take a pre-flop position fading a guy, but if you know that the second and third time through the order he struggles, well, maybe you can get the other team at a plus money price if they're down one nothing, 2 nothing, something like that. So the times through the order splits going to be an important resource for you when it comes to live betting. Another one is you have to know what the bullpen situations are prior to the game, because that could lead you down the path of finding a live betting angle. You know, when you look through and you can go to the roster resource tab over at Fangraphs, look at any of the teams. Let's go with, you know what, I'm going to talk about this game later on anyway, but let's talk about the Kansas City Royals. So the Royals yesterday, they used seven different relief pitchers. Our oldest Chapman threw 24 pitches, Scott Barlow threw 36, everybody else threw 15 or fewer. So guys are available, but that's a situation where the Royals, you know, they're a little bit shorthanded in their bullpen right now because they had several guys that worked yesterday, Taylor Clark working back-to-back days, uh, Josh Stamont working two of the last three. So you want to go and look and take stock of the bullpen and see who's available and who's not because that will ultimately dictate how a manager goes through the late-game situations. If you're missing your top two or three relievers because they've worked back-to-back days or three out of four days, something like that, that's a live betting potential opportunity. You know, if it's a close game and you can look at a team and say, well, you know what? 
they're going to have a couple of relievers that they can't use or guys that maybe they don't want to use. Or if they're going to use them, they simply may not be that sharp because, you know, you talk about the attrition rate of relief pitching. A lot of it has to do with working three out of four, four out of five, four out of six days, stuff like that, where not only does the quality of the stuff and the command drop, but also the velocity typically decreases. And sometimes you have guys pitching through some discomfort, pitching through some ailments. So that's another live betting opportunity to take a look at is understanding that, you know, not all bullpen games will be created equal because some guys will be available and some won't. So as you get into those late inning situations, knowing who's available before the game can allow you to keep an eye on that game and say, oh, you know what? That's a one run game in the sixth inning. I may take a shot on the other team because I know that this bullpen is really shorthanded. And that may ultimately lead to a nice winner for you from a live betting standpoint. Another thing I would take a look at from a live betting standpoint, similar to the bullpen discussion I just had, managers want to shy away from wasting bullets with their top relievers if they're trailing in a game. How many times have we seen a team with a one or a two run lead and all of a sudden they score two or three insurance runs in the eighth inning off of some guy who generally wouldn't be pitching in the eighth inning? Because the manager is trying to sneak an inning by, not use one of his top relievers, goes with a fourth, fifth, sixth guy out of the bullpen, something like that. Guy gives up a walk and a home run or something. So that's another live betting angle you can look at. A team that has a lead against a team that doesn't use its best relievers to keep the game close. I've always been a big believer in if you're down by a run in the eighth inning, throw one of your better guys. Try to keep that game right where it is. But managers, by and large, don't do that. They're not thinking necessarily about trying to keep it a one-run game. They're trying to think about, you know, oh, well, what if we take the lead in the bottom half? Or what if we need this guy tomorrow? Play for today, not tomorrow. But managers don't do that. And look, I mean, I'm not in those clubhouses. I don't know these guys. You know, I don't know what all goes into it, especially keeping their financial interests in mind. But a lot of times you will have teams and you will have managers that simply will not use their best guys to keep a game close. They're going to use guys that are further down in the pecking order, and those are guys that can and will end up struggling. You know, So think about that. Whether it's the sixth, seventh inning, you got a team that's got a lead by one or two runs, they're going to the bullpen. That team that's trailing is not going to send out one of its better arms. So that may be a live betting opportunity for you to take a look at expecting the team with the lead to add on because in a lower leverage situation and it is you know not low leverage kind of medium leverage with a one-run deficit something like that but managers aren't going to send out their shutdown reliever to try and keep the game close they just don't do it so that's one of those things where you know if you've got a manager who doesn't use guys when he's trailing you know I, I think about a guy like Terry Francona for example with Cleveland you know he's not going to use Trevor Steffen when they're trailing He's not going to use Emmanuel Class A when they're trailing. I mean, not that I would be excited to use either one of those guys right now, but Andrew Miller never came into a game when they were trailing or anything like that, or Cody Allen. So that's a situation where if you kind of profile the manager, you can get an idea of what they might look to do in some of those situations, and that could ultimately be a good live betting opportunity for you. One other one is to know where they're at in the batting order, right? If you're into the fifth inning or sixth inning or something like that, maybe a starting pitcher starting to tire, is it the top of the order? If so, maybe that's a chance where you take a shot with a live bet. 
If it's the bottom of the order, I'd be less inclined to do that because they may not score that inning and you may get an even better price when the top of the order comes back around. But keep that in mind too. And that's why it's difficult, I think, if you're not watching these games to kind of know exactly what's going on. And it's one of the reasons why I don't live bet because I don't have five games going at once or anything like that. But if you're able to kind of follow along, whether you're watching the game or closely watching the box scores, have an understanding of what part of the lineup is coming up because the top part of the lineup obviously has a much better chance at scoring runs than the bottom half does. And if a pitcher is starting to tire, has that third time through the order penalty, all of a sudden the top of the order is rolling around, that may be a situation where you want to go ahead and take a look at a live betting opportunity. So those are just some things that, you know, if you're watching games, if you're following along, Uh, You know, if maybe you like some of the pre-flop information you've read or seen, but don't really want to make a play, those are things that you can look to do from a live betting standpoint. And there are a lot of opportunities out there. And furthermore, because of the nature of baseball with the long commercial breaks between innings and all of that, you do at least get some time where you're not dealing with the big delay from the streaming services and all of that. Or if you want to make a play during a pitching change, something like that there are at least opportunities as opposed to some of the other sports where maybe the timeouts are shorter, commercial breaks are shorter, whatever the case may be. You know, you at least have some opportunity, I think, with Major League Baseball. All right, so let's dig into the National League part of the card. Then we'll take a short break and finish things up here for this edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Uh, We start, as I said, in the National League. Cardinals and Reds, Adam Wainwright, Graham Ashcraft in this one. Wainwright, about $1.35, $1.40 favorite, total 10.5 for this one. Wainwright has not been sharp so far this season. Coming off of the injury from the World Baseball Classic, he's given up 13 runs on 20 hits in 15 and two-thirds innings and starts against the Tigers, Red Sox, and Dodgers. Now, of course, the Red Sox and Dodgers, two of the better offenses in baseball. The Tigers are not a good offense by any means, but Wainwright didn't allow a lot of hard contact in that start, just kind of ran into a little bit of bad luck. But he gave up six barreled balls in that start against the uh, Dodgers last time out. Tough ballpark here in Cincinnati, of course. He only has eight strikeouts out of 72 batters faced. I'm not buying any stock in Adam Wainwright right now. But unfortunately, Graham Ashcraft's given up 19 runs in his last 12 and a third. So not really looking at a whole lot of positives for either one of these guys. And a total of 10 and a half where, you know, it is great American ballpark. It is a good park for offense. Uh, We had 11 runs yesterday, but we're still not really at the peak of when that park plays extremely small. Uh, So no play for me in that game. But I just did want to mention Wainwright and Ashcraft as a couple of guys who are both struggling at this point in time. Mackenzie Gore faces his former team, Padres and Nationals here. You Darvish on the bump for the Padres. This line's all over the map, pretty much minus 150 to minus 155. Total of eight as this total has come down a little bit. Uh, for this Darvish and Gore matchup. And for you, Darvish, he's been spectacular this season. 356 ERA, 368 FIP, 49 innings of work. He had a real, little bit of a rocky start in Mexico City, gave up three of his five home runs. Other than that, he's been pretty terrific so far this season. And the Nationals are a bad offense against righties. They're a bottom five group against right-handed pitching. They're much better against lefties. So this should be a pretty good matchup for you, Darvish. And... I will say this about Mackenzie Gore, 369 ERA, 367 FIP, 46 and a third. He's been really good, and he's really cut down that walk rate as well. And the thing I think is a challenge, now that we've gotten to this point of the season where you've got guys 
making their ninth, 10th, 11th starts, stuff like that. You look at some of these guys like a Mackenzie Gore or like a Mitch Keller, some of these guys whose career numbers maybe don't really stand out all that much. A Drew Smiley, who's also in action today, is another one. You look at some of these guys and you, you just you wait for the other shoe to drop, right? You know, you look at a guy like Gore and you're like, ah, you know what? I don't think he can sustain this. He never really has at the big league level, albeit in smaller sample sizes. But you start trying to find reasons to fade these guys. And the reality of it is pitchers adjust from season to season. They do things differently. They add and subtract velocity. They change their grips. They change their pitch usage. They change their mechanics. They change where they start from on the rubber. All these different things. So I don't necessarily know at this point in time if looking at priors from previous seasons is a good idea. I think we have to look at what we've got for right now. And what we have right now is a guy in Gore who's really cut down that walk rate nicely. He struck out almost 30% of opposing batters. He looks good. And maybe that's just his talent coming to the forefront. Maybe that's the Nationals making some really positive adjustments with him. So I think at this point in time, I think we have to look at 2023 and kind of ignore some of the priors that we have for these guys, both coming into the season and also the historical data where obviously the game is different now with the the shift ban in effect and all of that and the pitch clock, but guys just adjust, you know, teams have all this technology that they're able to figure things out. So for guys like Gore, for guys like Drew Smiley, I think we have to evaluate them with what they are right now, as opposed to kind of looking historically at what they've done in the past. Dodgers and Braves in this one. Dodgers cashing a nice plus money ticket for us yesterday as they did outscore the Braves in that game 8-6. to six. Uh, Did get after Charlie Morton. Took until the middle innings, but they did get after him there. Bobby Miller makes his Major League debut for the Dodgers in this start. And Bobby Miller coming into the season, second best prospect in the Dodgers org, 33rd in Major League Baseball according to Fangraphs. One spot ahead of Hunter Brown, who's been really good for Houston this year, and four spots ahead of Taj Bradley, who's on the bump tonight for the Rays, and he's pitched pretty well so far this season. So Miller, in some esteemed company in terms of those prospect lists, hasn't been great at AAA this season, but he's only pitched 14 and a third innings, giving up 13 runs on 11 hits. Deep arsenal, throws triple digits, has swing and miss stuff, really fills up the strike zone with his fastball according to all the reports that I read. So let's see what he does here. The stuff is explosive. He's definitely a beloved figure in the nerd community because a lot of his pitches have really good spin rate data and stuff like that. So let's see what he does against the Braves lineup that honestly is average against righties, will swing and miss, will strike out. This may not be that bad of a matchup here for Bobby Miller, but of course we'll wait and see how things go. The problem is I have no interest in betting against Spencer Strider with what he's done so far this season. The aforementioned Drew Smiley on the bump for the Cubs today against Kodai Senga and the Mets out at Wrigley Field. This one, a money line pick them, minus 105, minus 110 both ways across the board. Total of eight for this game. Drew Smiley, 286 ERA, 346 FIP, 50 and a third innings pitched. Hasn't allowed more than two runs in a start in his last eight starts over 45 and two-thirds innings. 197 ERA in that span, 33.1% hard hit percentage in that span. Smiley has been exceptional. He is not walking guys. He's got a good defense behind him. He's not allowing hard contact. 
he's just been really, really good. And again, you look at a guy like Smiley and you go, okay, when is this balloon going to pop? Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just doesn't for Drew Smiley here this season. So he's been really, really good. And you got to give him a lot of credit for that. For Kodai Senga, look, it's tough to know what you're going to get from him on a daily basis because over 43% of his plate appearances this season have been a strikeout or a walk. 29.4% strikeout rate, 13.9% walk rate, 82% left on base percentage. Guys aren't really squaring him up. Only a 39.6% hard hit percentage. That's right around league average, eight barrels allowed. He's just been pretty good at limiting hard contact and getting a lot of strikeouts and getting them at the important times to strand runners. So it's kind of a high variance profile. And I I have a hard time with those because some matchups will be better than others. And maybe you try to pick on those. And maybe this is one where the Cubs are a really good offense against righties. But the Cubs here also, you know, a really big underachiever from Pythagorean win-loss and base runs, much to my chagrin. So no play for me in that game, but I, I thought it was an interesting handicap nonetheless. Speaking of another interesting handicap, the Marlins and the Rockies. So I got very close to taking Miami here, and Miami is the opposite of Chicago. The Cubs should be better than they are from a record standpoint. The Marlins should be substantially worse. However, in this game, you got Austin Gomber and Yuri Perez. So Gomber, a lefty, the Marlins have done very well against lefties this year. They're a top 10 offense in that split, and I would presume they're even better on the road than they are at home because Marlins Park really suppresses offense. So they're at Coors Field here, and I really thought about fading Gomber. But for Yuri Perez, first road start for him, as I just mentioned, Marlins Park, a really good pitcher's park, and there are some things I don't like about what the Marlins are doing with Perez. So he's given up three homers, all solo shots in his first two starts. Those are the only runs he's allowed, 13 strikeouts, nine and two-thirds innings. But I would anticipate, because this is Coors Field, the plan for Perez will be to throw more fastballs in this start, right? Well, Yuri Perez is 6'8", and for whatever reason, the Marlins are insistent on making him use the fastball down in the zone, and I don't know why. You're throwing triple digits. Just gas dudes at the top of the zone. Just keep it at the letters and blow it the hell past them, right? You're 6'8". You have 85th percentile extension, so you're releasing the ball very close to home plate. You're already throwing hard as hell. Like, why kind of give them more time sort of seeing that plane of the fastball going down so that they can actually get to it in the zone as opposed to trying to get to it up in the zone where you have to make the quicker swing decisions? Furthermore, he's got elite level spin on his fastball. And the thing about spin rate on fastballs is that it kind of gives the illusion of the pitch rising. Well, if you don't locate it properly and you're trying to put it down at the knees, that's what's going to happen. He's given up two doubles and three homers on fastballs. I really want to see the Marlins focus on Perez throwing up in the zone. Make him a fly ball guy, whatever. But you get a lot more swings and misses at the top of the zone with fastballs. So that's something I think they should take a look at here. And I don't love the fact that he's going to leave pitches middle-middle at Coors Field with that fastball. And to have the elite spin, the spin rate, 99th percentile fastball spin, 92nd percentile fastball velocity, that extension, which upgrades your perceived velocity, to have just a 13.2% whiff percentage on his fastball through two starts is a big red flag to me. So that was enough to actually keep me off of the Marlins 
in this game. So I want to see if they make that adjustment with Perez. If they don't, well, that's going to wind up being pretty frustrating, I think, as we go throughout the rest of the season. American League, Interleague, and my two plays for today, coming up after a short break on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, people in your betting network. Um, whatever you want to do, please promote the podcast. We greatly appreciate that here on the show. Um, Chicago White Sox, Cleveland Guardians, first game on the board by rotation number in the American League. And I will save a little bit of time here uh, throughout the American League and the interleague slate just to kind of get this show out there and, and wrap up for today. But this was an interesting one where I got very close to taking Chicago here in this game. Guardians, dollar twenty-five to dollar thirty favorite, depending on where you look. Total eight and a half with under juice or eight with over juice, kind of varied across the betting space. So Logan Allen for Cleveland is a guy that I'm looking to fade. And I hate to say that, and I love the minor league numbers that he's had, and I do like his potential going forward. However, 
45.1% hard hit percentage so far at the big league level. And when you sit 90 to 92, you have a lot of decreased margin for error, right? Your fastball command has to be so much better than everybody else's because you just you can't just throw it by somebody. And he had 16 strikeouts in his first two starts. He's got 13 strikeouts in his last three starts. He's given up 22 hits, but only six runs. So we're starting to see some cluster luck showing up for Logan Allen. And while the arsenal is is good, and I think the command is good, it's not great yet. And that's something you deal with with young pitchers. And the fact that he doesn't have the ability to just reach back and pump 96 or 97 by somebody is kind of a problem. And if the White Sox were a little bit more trustworthy, maybe this is a play that I would have made. But long story short, I'm looking to fade Logan Allen as the Guardians kind of get a tough part of their schedule here coming up. I I like the pitch ability. I like the way he hangs in there. I like the way he battles with men on base. But at some point, those things are going to come back to hurt him, having so many guys on base. And the cluster luck is starting to show up. So Logan Allen will probably be a guy that I fade. I'm not doing it today, but I think going forward, he'll be a guy I look to bet against. And ultimately, the reason why I couldn't fade Logan Allen and take the White Sox today is because of the concerns with Dylan Cease. So his hard hit percentage is up 17.5% this year, from 31.2% to 48.5%. He's had one start with a hard hit percentage under 45%. So the command profile is just not there for Dylan Cease. 64.7% left on base percentage. Strikeout percentage is down 6.3%. Despite all of that, I still thought about taking the White Sox today until I looked at Dylan Cease's fastball velocity over his last three starts. So he peaked in Kansas City at 96.4 miles per hour. That was basically in line with last season. 95.5 in his next start against Houston, 94.6 in his last start against Cleveland. The slider velocity going down as well. So Cease may be pitching through some sort of underlying injury here. So that was the reason why I couldn't take Chicago today. Anytime I look at a graph or a chart or whatever, any kind of baseball data viz, and I see the velocity ticking down, that scares the hell out of me. That's one of the biggest injury indicators out there is a decrease in velocity, especially a progressive one. So I couldn't take Dylan Cease today. There were two games I got close on, and maybe I overanalyzed them with that Marlins game and also this White Sox game. And maybe I will regret them, and maybe both of them come through tonight. But that's the depth of analysis that that I try to apply to my handicapping to try and get either edges or find you know reasons to stay off of games because that's something I may not have thought about with Dylan Cease, and I may have gotten tunnel vision a one track mind and said, you know what, f it, I'm just fading Logan Allen. But if Dylan Cease is working through something. And he's going to give up hard contact to Cleveland like he did last start, a lineup that doesn't hit anything hard. That's a glaring red flag. So that's why I wound up staying away from that game. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, you know, again, I mean, that's the depth of analysis that I'm going to give you that I don't think you're really going to find anywhere else. And this isn't to pat myself on the back or blow smoke up my own ass. But I I do think that, you know, it's a level of analysis that takes it deeper and I think can be really, really valuable. So, Again, we'll see if it works out with leaving Miami and and the White Sox off the card, but 
you know, ultimately I just, I didn't feel confident in those two plays because of you know some of the data that I was looking at the blue Jays and the Rays, Jose Barrios and Taj Bradley in this one, Bradley back in the rotation, presumably for good. At least that's what the Rays have kind of said uh, with this most recent call up. So Jose Barrios, look, I, this is a profile. I just, I still can't get behind, even though the numbers look better. I just still can't get behind this guy. And it looks like the command profile is starting to tail off a little bit again. Five of his six home runs he's given up this season have come in his last four starts. Ten of the 16 barrels. His hard hit percentage is still low, but we're starting to get a higher frequency of those mistakes in the zone that teams just absolutely obliterated Barrios on last year. So we'll see. We'll see if he can keep up kind of the pace that he's at, particularly with the advanced metrics and the low home run rate. But I, I'm starting to think that maybe what he did early in the season could have been a mirage. And I know I talked earlier about kind of erasing priors and looking at this season and all of that. But I just I don't think he's that good of a pitcher. So he may be a guy whose ERA is a run or more higher than his FIP throughout the course of the season. And that may just be the way that it is with him. Pretty easy pass in this game, though. Taj Bradley was good in his last start, had struggled in the minor leagues prior to getting recalled, but these are two bad bullpens right now. I mean, the Rays bullpen has seen regression hit like a ton of bricks. The Blue Jays bullpen over the last two or three weeks is a bottom five group as well. A lot of variance possible in the late game situations for that one. So that's one that I had to stay away from. A game I got close to taking, but I couldn't wait any longer to put up the article is the Tigers and the Royals. So there's a lot of question marks about what the Royals are going to do with a starting pitcher in this game. It looks like Mike May, Mike Myers is going to be the guy who gets the start. Now, he's not very good. He's kind of been a swingman-ish reliever throughout his career. Just not a very good pitcher. He had eight starts at AAA with a 688 ERA, but the Royals just, they're so depth shy with pitching. Daniel Lynch has been hurt. There was some thought that Lynch would get this start today, but as I'm recording, he's making a start in Omaha, so it will clearly not be him. Uh, his fifth rehab start uh, in the minor leagues here. They do have Austin Cox at AAA, who's on regular rest. Jonathan Bolin at AA is on the 40-man. There are some options, none of them really good for the Royals, but Brady Singer getting knocked around again yesterday. Tigers did prevail in extra innings, thankfully, but Singer getting knocked around again yesterday. They wound up using seven relievers in that game. This Royals pitching staff is in tattered shape right now. And the Tigers are sending out Eduardo Rodriguez, 206 ERA, 323 FIP, 28.2% hard hit percentage against. He's been fantastic. I wanted to take the Tigers here, but with all of the uncertainty in terms of, you know, action and listed pitchers and all that stuff, I felt like it would be irresponsible for me to put that one out there. So I'll be on sharp money, two o'clock Pacific time uh, with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. I'll talk about this game and the rest of the card, but tune in for that and I'll let you know, you know, what my ultimate thoughts are on this Tigers and Royals game. Red Sox and Angels, Brian Bayo and Griffin Canning in this one. Uh, Red Sox, $1.15 or so favorite out there in the marketplace. These two guys, though, you know, for Brian Bayo, I mean, I backed him in his last start. That was largely a fade of Marco Gonzalez, and, and that worked out really, really well because uh, Gonzalez didn't even last two innings in that start. But these two guys have fairly similar numbers in, in a lot of respects. The difference is that Bayo can actually get strikeouts. I thought about taking Boston here today because Griffin Canning 
I don't like the pitch mix. I don't like the command. There are a lot of concerning things, I think, with him where, you know, for Bayo, at least he's got a big ground ball rate. You have to string a lot of hits together against him. But the story remains the same for Boston. A lot of road games this season or a lot of home games this season, excuse me. They're great at home offensively. and They're not so great on the road offensively. So that was one where I thought about it, especially at the short number. It looks kind of tantalizing. Uh, Griffin Canning throwing a lot more fastballs now. I don't like that at all. Look, when your fastball sucks, don't throw it as much. Like, it's it's pretty simple, right? Well, Griffin Canning hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah, at least he did. They did at the start of the year, and he had a really good pitch mix, and I thought, oh, this is cool. Maybe he'll be useful. No, not really. He's got a 6.14 ERA, a 5.05 expected ERA. This is what I may regret, not taking the Red Sox here and, and kind of backing Bayo, but we'll see. We'll see how that game plays out. All right, I've taken up a lot of your time today. Let's get to the two plays that I do have. First game on the board by rotation number, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Ryan Nelson and Matt Strom, the starting pitchers here. However, Dylan Covey, remember Dylan Covey? Awful for the White Sox. Well, he's back in the big leagues now. He actually pitched for the Dodgers last week. Uh, Now he's a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. So for whatever reason, the Phillies opted to take Matt Strom out of the rotation. And and for the life of me, I don't know why, because he was pitching pretty well in that role. 273 ERA, 222 FIP, and 33 innings of work for him. 47 strikeouts against 10 walks. However, he's a reliever now. And that means Dylan Covey is going to pitch the bulk of this game for the Phillies. And uh, he has a 654 ERA and a 553 FIP in 268 and a third innings at the MLB level. 45 starts, 27 relief appearances for him. Uh, He was pitching in China last year or two years ago, whatever it was. Um, Guys, it's not good. He's just not good at all. I'm surprised we see him back in the big leagues. He had a 798 ERA and a 606 FIP in 58 and two-thirds innings for the White Sox back in 2019. And honestly, he was treated in the betting markets as one of the worst pitchers in baseball. The Diamondbacks are sending out Ryan Nelson, 548 ERA, 485 FIP in his 46 innings of work, low strikeout rate. He had a decent strikeout rate in the minor leagues, but it hasn't followed him to the big leagues here so far. Opposing batters hitting 288 with a 40.8 hard hit percentage. But the Phillies here, they don't hit lefties, but they hit righties. Top five offense by weighted on base average against righties. They lead the league in batting average against right-handed pitching. So, Arizona's third in weighted on base average against righties. They'll get Covey for probably three or four innings in this game. And the Phillies have a good matchup against Ryan Nelson. I took over nine and a half minus one Oh five in that diamondbacks and Phillies game. Uh, looks like Kansas city has officially announced Mike Myers as the starter. And this line is shooting up as we speak up to minus minus one fifty out there in the market. If you can, Jump in on a minus 145, minus 150, minus 155, something like that. Detroit probably worth a play here today uh, in that game. Anyway, the other play that I've got here, the Rangers and the Pirates, Nate Uvalde and Rich Hill in this one. And the Rangers are a team I've talked about a lot here of late. Their home road splits, pretty stark, but specifically against right-handed pitching, where they've been great at home against righties, not as great on the road. The thing about their splits against lefties They've been just as good both at home and on the road, and they get a lefty here in Rich Hill. And Rich Hill's been pitching well. 
Gave up 10 earned runs in his first two starts. He's given up 10 earned runs in his last seven starts total. However, the teams he's faced this year, the Reds twice, White Sox, Astros, Rockies twice, Nationals, Blue Jays, Tigers. Those teams, by WOBA, Reds are 21st against lefties, White Sox 14th, Astros 15th, Rockies 26th, Nationals 5th, Blue Jays 18th, Tigers 28th. The Rangers are top five offense against lefties. So this is a spot where I think the Texas Rangers are set up well against Rich Hill, and I would not expect Pittsburgh to do anything against Nate Uvalde. 283 ERA, 289 expected ERA, 246 FIP, 61 strikeouts against 10 walks, only giving up three home runs, and two of them came last time out against the Braves. Ground ball guy, 51.2%, been great on the road. Rangers run line is the play here. He's gone at least seven innings in his last four, each of his last four starts, and at least six innings and six straight starts. You got to love that with a run line because then you don't have to use the bad relievers to bridge the gap, right? If Uvalde goes six or seven, the Rangers can turn it over to their better relievers. So Rangers run line at even money, minus one and a half plus 100. And then the Phillies and the Diamondbacks over nine and a half minus 105. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. I'll be back with another one tomorrow. Rate, review, subscribe. Greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.